have it. <laughs> he was waiting so long to do that. Misa caused one, two, little bitty accidents, huh? Now he's Italian. the gasser, then crashing their bosses a blibber, then banished. Welcome to Game of Owns. Uh, Eric is Italian, and yes, he was waiting a long time for to say that. Misa fired. <laughs> was it was it hard to wait until we synced up audio until you had to start that? I'm curious. Misa gonna show everyone how bombad Misa really is. Oh, okay. I'm only talking in Jar Jar. This is the <laughs> Quiet, Jar Jar. All right, now let's continue. Uh, this All is right. Game of Thrones talk today. And apparently Misa means mother. This is Valyrian 101, everybody. Or, yes. wait, no, Valyrian's way too high for them. That's Slave Talk 101 for them. High Valyrian, right? It is, is high Valyrian. Yeah, actually. So the they, were re- they were responding to her in her language, or the people of Yunkai, the Yunkanites, if you will, speak high Valyrian. Yes. I'm not getting into any and no. trouble here of saying the wrong <laughs> thing, so Google it. Listen to us, everybody. Our brains are a fuzz. They're askew because we're meeting again, the four of us, for what is now to be the last episode recap rehash ever. of this year. Oh. Uh, ever, maybe. Could be. Could be. 2012 could be the end of this year. Oh, you're right. Yes. Yeah, maybe everybody was just a, a year off. <laughs> Wouldn't 2013 just sound a little less scary? Like, oh, 2012's coming. Oh, 2013's coming. I'm like, oh. But 13 is an unlucky yeah, number. Yeah, Roland Emmerich would need to make another movie. There would be, um, yeah, everything would be underwater. And then at the very end, the person who survived the planet Lisa, could be written Lisa. off on the shoulder. <laughs> the shoulders of all of his supporters. You know, I bet it would be, I bet it would be Jamie Lannister. He would just show up in the doorway and be like, hey, sup? I'd be okay with that. At the end of that. it all. And we'd see that he was a little beaten down, a little worse for wear, but that really, he's still the same man. And he came back home. Were you guys really dreading in that moment that they were like, they were going to do this big romance thing where they were going to like run at each other? And I thought it was going to go to slow motion. Star, I, I thought she was going to go, ugh, or something like that. Like, it looks gross. <laughs> That, I gotta say that in the book that went very, very, very differently, their reunion, and I was sort of like sitting there like, ah. Wait, better know. or for, oh, so they were like groping each other and stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's where immediately where your mind goes, Ramsey, just yeah. right there to the groping. Oh, Whoa. wait, did you just call me Ramsey? You called me Ramsey. <laughs> he almost got away um, with it, too. <laughs> I know, damn it. L- listen how excited we are. We're excited. I mean, the season finale just happened for season three. It did. It's amazing. Is that the first Dick in the Box on HBO? Oh, jeez. Somebody was going to do that. <laughs> I, had to, I had to make that joke, I guess, because it's not funny, actually, at all. Um, I think it's kind it of funny. it was a Dick in the Box. Or was it? I love I love Yara, though. I thought that was great. She got to have her big epic moment, although I was kind of thinking, like, for a casual fan, they'd be like, who the hell is this person? Because <laughs> they haven't seen her all yeah. season. Yeah, I saw your tweet. It was like... Hey, Greyjoys, where were you all season? <laughs> you know, it's, well, it just appears that they were sitting on the Iron Islands doing absolutely nothing. It didn't feel out of place to me, though, cutting their shots. Is it for you guys? No. No, not as much as the last scene. Look, everybody, it's the late Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> Look who it is. <laughs> Joining the party. I'm getting a bit nervous here. I don't know about everybody else. He just kind of came out of nowhere this time, Phil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some very sneaky like that. <laughs> How's it been? You know, the, the episode just ended. We were just talking about how it all just happened and how it was exciting. 
Yeah, it wasn't as exciting as I'd hoped, but oh, yeah. great. Thank you're you the first joy. person to say that. Way to bring it down. And we, if we had to wait till Phil came on, and we're like, yeah. okay, okay, it's safe. Yeah. It's safe. We're allowed to. Relax. I thought it was a great episode, but so Phil, were you one of the people? And now I do not know spoilers, okay? But I don't, and I've said this before. But were you one of the people who were thinking what? that the actual, the actual <laughs> end of the third book would be placed at the end of the third season? Did you think that that was going down? Uh, I yeah, I thought that that that's what they were going to do. Well, let us okay. let us just say that this was not the Misa we were looking for. That's a nice double-edged sword for book readers, though. Because like, up until you guys watched it, you didn't really know what it was going to be either, so it kept you surprised as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, surprise might be putting it a little strong. Uh, it shows something that you didn't think was going to be showed, ever. You know, it was funny because by the towards the end of the season, or the episode, I was sort of beginning to think, are they really going to have an entire like season finale with no Daenerys at all? Like that just seemed really weird. And then we got to the final scene and I was kind of like, well, if they're going to end the season with her and not show her at all beforehand, like that just seemed a little, a little bit out of place. Yeah. 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 They just kind of threw it in there. They didn't like build yeah. up to it all. But it, it felt to, to me, every scene in, it felt really well planned and sequenced from one another. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I kind of expected Danny's to be shunted to the end because the previous two seasons have ended with her, haven't they? What's the overall reaction been so far that you've seen uh, on the website to the finale itself? I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit. I kind of feel the same way. It ended a little bit flat, but I wonder if that had to do more so with them wanting this uplifting ending, so to speak, after what happened uh, with the Red Wedding last week. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I was wondering kind of what their thinking was, but that probably was what it was. Um, so far, what I've seen, most people seem kind of disappointed that it wasn't more of, uh, I guess, an epic ending. I mean, this was just kind of like a nice ending that you're like, okay, well, that was nice. But there wasn't like that. We, we've, we've just come to expect from Game of Thrones, especially at the end of the seasons, episodes 9 and episodes 10, always, always have a strong final scene, you know? And this one yeah. felt nice. It felt like a scene that could be in a finale, but for me, it didn't really end the season on a uh, with with a real you know real epic feel. It's kind of funny because it still feels like they're in between or in the middle of a book. This ended like Deathly Hallows Part One ended, you know, with a lot of uncertainty, and essentially with um, that scene with Melisandre saying. Uh, this war of five kings that they were ready to kill Davos for is is minimal compared to the wall or the war against the North, and so there's this huge uncertainty about basically how everyone's going to deal with the threat from the North, and I feel like that specifically is one plot point they're going to try and resolve in the next coming season. It's funny that you say that, Eric, because I was just going to say I think that one of the reasons that maybe Danny's um, season-ending moment felt a bit anticlimactic was because. There was one common thread running through the entire finale, which was the real threat is in the north. Like that is where everybody, like the, actually the Iron Throne, all of these squabbles of the Starks and the Lannisters and the Boltons and what have you is so insignificant compared to what's waiting beyond the wall. You know, no one can stop them. The armies can't stop them, blah, blah, blah. So we've been building up to that and we've sort of been setting up a lot of stuff in motion for how certain factions of of people in in uh, Westeros might be having to deal with that and then going to Danny who is first of all so apart from it and all she's going for at the moment is the throne 
it just seems a bit like that's not as important right now. Mm. So I saw, yeah. I could have seen them ending it sort of similar to they did last year, closer to the wall or with someone making some kind of decision regarding the the war or with Bran maybe, something like that, you know? We did get a healthy amount of warning, um, much more than we have in the past in any of these episodes about the threat that is coming from the north. And we got to have a, a wall broken down when Sam ran into the rest of the party and that was really <laughs> yeah. cool to see that, awesome. that right yeah, like that was great not the reunion i was expecting you know last episode with john snow meeting brand but this is the next best thing yeah I no it's great moment. because i mean sam's like best friends with john and this is john's little brother and you could see him already growing attached to him and it was it was cool because uh, everyone has their own path to go on including sam and gilly and not even running into these two could change their course at all and I just feel like this scene, coupled with what we got from Maester Eamon um, there at Castle oh. Black, like there is so much exposition pointing exactly toward the threat that's coming from the north. But this show opened in season one with a scene of this threat. And yeah. I, yeah. I, I watch and I, and I read and we do the podcasts and stuff. And, you know, that's kind of what we've been saying from all along. And I feel like even passive viewers and readers i don't really think there's a passive reader but if you're with me you understand <laughs> they can gather that this is the overarching threat that's coming but was it i don't know if it, if if speaking about it was powerful enough to be the finale of a season of the show it's a slow burning candle is the problem like i wonder how many more seasons it's going to be till they could i i think if i had a guess i'd say next season will hopefully be a little bit more or all about more Uniting the people in the Westeros, uh, you know, against this common enemy, and then maybe season five will actually deal with some battles between the two. I, I don't know. It just seems like a monumental task to bring these families together. Although we do have a new warden of the north, and he likes the wardens of the east and the west, if that's the Lannisters. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Well, I think it's cool, though, because it, it, it says that we have so much more story to go through. It still, once again, at the end of a finale, feels like we're starting over at another point, which yeah. means that it did its job well. I think it's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that is the challenge of adapting these books, because George does, as we know, like to write a lot, a lot of stuff <laughs> before we yeah. get to the, <laughs> the meat, if you will. It's all meat, but you know what I mean? I, and I, I hate to say that I was disappointed with the finale because I had majorly high expectations after last episode. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that's exactly what they did with this episode. They tried to bring it up as much as they could. I mean, just listen to the music just mm -hmm. there at the end of the episode with the mm -hmm. credits. Yeah. And the uplifting imagery that the entire closing scene with Danny was. And I think that after all that happened last week, this is an unofficial way, not to say that things do get better, but just to show that the story is much deeper than like thrilling murders, you know, like because that's really not what it's about. It's just that's just one of those things that get us talking. Yeah, honestly, aside from the final scene, which I liked, I just thought it was a little cheesy. I thought this was a great episode. Yeah, I agree. I mm -hmm. liked all the reunions. I think they've been a long time coming and they were sort of really satisfying, I think, for everybody. Yeah, I I ate up every attempt at like good humanity. <laughs> like even Cersei <laughs> admitting that Joffrey is a monster and having that long talk with Tyrion about the benefits of having kids and about and like trying to convince him to give a kid to Sansa because it'll be the only one happy thing she has. Oh my mm. god. Like that was way unexpected. And um it was a brother sister moment that I just didn't see coming. Uh not to mention Jamie finally made it to 
King's Landing and, and gets to see his sister. Speak so, about brother-sister moments. Uh. Yeah, little little moments like that all throughout the episode, I think. Um, especially even in the small council again with Tyrion. But moments that surprised me, moments that uh, just kept me suspenseful, kept me wanting more. And of course, now we've got the long wait. Um, 10 months or so until the next. don't forget newsroom starts july 15th <laughs> and uh be- between now and then i'm sure you can catch reruns of the uh, behind the candelabra yes um, i have a question for you guys about cersei um because i was thinking during this episode that actually this season her character has sort of been relegated to joffrey's keeper if you will like that's the only purpose that she serves is to be snarky and to keep joffrey in check but then in this final final scene with Tyrion, I think that she sort of gave a lot of reasons for her actions, and I really like that. But at the same time, I'm kind of missing the book Cersei a little bit, and I guess especially Micah and Phil. What do you think about, do you think that she's different from the books as much as I do in this season? Because I think she's, she's sort of shunted, and of course she's going to have a chance to shine later, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's different. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's worse or better, or I, it's just different for me. Um, yeah, I don't, um, you know, I don't necessarily dislike um, the way Lena Headey is playing her, or the way the writers are writing her, um, as opposed to the book. I guess they're making her more sympathetic. Um, yeah, but it could make kind of later events a little bit more interesting um a bit more of a contrast i guess i don't know but uh but yeah she's definitely different yeah see i really like this this uh tv cersei because again it's like with Tyrion and and varus and then you you get to sympathize with them and you get to have somebody who you can actually listen to what they're saying and go finally (laughs) someone is being humane and someone is making sense here but i think that she's she's a lot what i was just trying to get at she's a lot more fiery in the books and maybe we'll see more from her in season four of that yeah i mean it can't be easy to be the mother of joffrey um (laughs) you know i've kind of allowed like any change in her character to be more of a uh, background subtle character simply because she's dealing with a lot um i fully expect her to rebound um you know now this conversation i hope that she does in fact rebound it just seems like she's you know lost her footing perhaps a little bit um, you know, the events of, well, ever since Ned died, um, you know, I think she's kind of been trying to figure out and, 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 um, the boy Joffrey wants to break free of her and all this other stuff, but she just kind of, I think to me has been finding her own, um, self again in, in, in following the events of Blackwater and, and everything else. And this whole season has kind of been her way of, you know, in this conversation with Tyrion, freely admitting that Joffrey's a monster, sitting on the small council, trying to stand up to him, all this other stuff. And and she definitively saying that she's not going to marry Loras. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what to expect, but I, I, I think that she will definitely be um her own person once again. And it'll be interesting to see how she can creep out of from under um her son's kingly shadow kingly huh? the unexpected <laughs> no, I, I like how um these last two seasons really have ended in favor of the lannisters you know you go with blackwater last season and this season you know rob stark's dead catalan's dead jamie returns it seems as if you know heading into next season yet again the lannisters are on top 
<laughs> yeah. And I'd be interested to see if that's going to be the case moving forward because they seem to have a very lucky hand season after season that things are kind of going their way, whether forced or not forced. You better not be saying this despite me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly do hope that they remain on top. Even Joffrey in that terrible scene in the small council when everybody wants to kill him. That was amazing. He yeah, stands that up. Scene. That was great. But then he stands up for Robert Baratheon. He shows his dad <laughs> some love. And my God, there's not a single person in that room who wanted him alive. But I, I wish I could say that he was really sticking up for Robert Baratheon. But in that moment, Joffrey was just saying, you know, anything contrarian to the people in the room. Like, my father yeah. did this and took <laughs> yeah. it right. But like, he has and, no idea yeah. that that's not his real father, which also, to me, gave a vulnerable not a vulnerability, but a reason why I should think that he's innocent in some way is because he doesn't know that he's, you know, the, the in, inbred sure, son. Sure, uh, he's others. innocent, except no, that- no, 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 he's a complete <laughs> asshole. But this is what this show does to you. This is what this show does to you. Did anybody expect Robert to be name dropped in this episode? Come on, I mean, in such a way as to defend his honor at the Trident, or that yeah. he kicked everybody's ass while. What did he say? Tywin was hiding at uh, Casterly Rock. Right. Did that happen? Was that how it went? Like, that's crazy. Well, it's pretty cool that that's what happened in this episode, that we got to hear any dialogue about old stuff. And it's cool that we got to see the wall broken where Joffrey talked just a little bit more shit to Tywin. And then Tyrion (laughs) talked a whole lot of shit to Joffrey. That, my friends, that was awesome. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And then Tywin put him to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, for the people listening that haven't watched it, which which is none of you, but I just want to go ahead and paraphrase. He said something to Joffrey along the lines of you could get killed by me or someone i talk to yes. so that that's power is power right there you know a lannister slogan you know what's mm. so great about joffrey like not about joffrey but about the fact that he exists is that he actually actively unites everybody else against him like even, <laughs> yep. even Tywin and Tyrion, who you would think would never you know even with the horrible things that tywin is is saying to him there is no doubt that tywin and Tyrion will unite against Joffrey, if you will, in scenes right. like this. And even Cersei, every single person knows that Joffrey is a little shit and they <laughs> are able to. I, I just think that's great because it it make, it gives us more sympathy for them too because we all hate Joffrey. It's great to have someone to hate. <laughs> it's Once again in this episode, and I believe this is going to be the full spectrum take for Tywin's character. Once again, last season, we got kind of a soft brushed image of who he is. They changed it for the show. He's a little softer, a little bit more amiable, a little bit more likable. Um, this season, he got a little bit bolder and made some heavy decisions that we didn't like because it directly affected a lot of our favorite characters. But once again, at the end of his dialogue speech, yada yada tonight, he'd said something almost that could be construed as sweet or fatherly, even <laughs> in the face of all of the insults. And I think that he's going to remain a liked character for the time being. And I really thought that season three was going to change that for people, but it didn't for me. I'm not sure I like him. Like, I am i don't know. I, I still think that he's, I mean, he makes sense in the things that he's saying, but he's still just, it's kind of like Stannis in that he's just a hard, unforgiving kind of man. And I don't, I don't know. They can, I'm sure they can be great rulers, but I don't like them necessarily, you know? Well, on top of that, he did, orchestrate what happened to the stark so in no yeah, way is he good exactly but oh. I, we're 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 being sort of hand fed by the people that run these shows the people that write these shows creatively certain characters to like for certain reasons in certain ways you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
and his intelligence and just kind of being one of the only non-frantic people in a group of frantic people uh, is interesting. And the fact that he keeps talking about family repeatedly, that's something that can be honored, even if what he's doing isn't honorable, which we know in this game is what works, which is why, to answer your question, he's still on top two seasons in a row. I just can't believe we've gone this far without talking about the wolf head on Rob. Is that Rob or just a corpse? That didn't really, to me, it was just, uh, I don't know, some corpse they dug up outside. Was that really Rob? Well, how would you know he didn't have his head? (laughs) Well, because Rob got stabbed in the gut to die. He didn't get beheaded. If he had gotten beheaded, it would have been a better, like, they beheaded him off scene. They did that posthumously. Two important pieces of information, though, that we got out of the, the conversation between Bruce Bolton and Walter Frey is that Edmure is locked down in the dungeons. I say dungeons because of Argus Filch. And uh, <laughs> the Blackfish got away. Yeah. He did? Interesting. Thank God. Thank God, thank God he had the pee. Yeah, right? One yeah. Man. Love trees after this. <laughs> Never cut another one down. <laughs> I know one of uh, the listeners wrote in last Friday, I think it was, asking a question. Even though they didn't want to be spoiled, uh, they wanted to know – I forget who that was, but – uh, they wanted to know what happened to those two characters. Yes. I'm very, They're very glad alive. we got that. Let's talk about Arya, okay? Oh, poor Arya. Let's just talk about Arya. I know. Did she really have to witness that? I was just, when they got back and she had to see Rob's head, or Rob on that with the head, I was like, sure, of course, poor thing. And she was so done. You could just see it in her eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when Grey Wind was on that stick, I was just like, well, first off, he's bigger than I imagined. And damn. Yeah. And that's what she thought too, I think. Yeah. That's what I gathered. That was the one word. Damn. Yeah. What yeah. were the chances that she should fall on somebody gloating that he was one of the what is it, uh the, the cellist or the violinist with the crossbow who one of the one of the guys who killed Kat and and Rob. Wasn't that what he was saying? Now this happened a little quick. Did he say he was a cellist? I th- not <laughs> that he was a cellist, but he was one of the people responses was like him and two others that he Yeah, made. he sewed the, the, the head on the body. Yeah, he's, oh, he's a seamstress. Yes. <laughs> seamstress. There it is. <laughs> was it sewn? I just thought it was skewered, to be I perfectly know. honest. It, it, it looked like <laughs> it was a Only the important conversations on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a Rob Stark kebab. Phil, could we have uh, your Rob expertise kebab. on the matter? A Rob kebab. Oh, Rob kebab. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just found our title for this episode. No, please, no. <laughs> Respect oh, for the dead. No, yeah, no one would click on that link on Twitter. <laughs> Not a single person. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or would they? <laughs> this episode was almost titled Rob Kebab. Isn't it uh, such a weird dynamic, though, that last episode, Rob and Catalan get killed and you feel so bad? Uh, but then you turn around and you want somebody like Arya to kill those Freys or those Frey, you know, um, those who are in allegiance with the Freys who are sitting around that campfire. You know, like it's, you, you root for these people. You root for Arya just to go off and do what she did. Like you yeah. were saying, kill him, kill him, kill him, right? I mean, nobody was sitting there saying, oh, I wonder what Arya's going to do. You knew what she was going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew, I knew that she does what must be done. And I see her path clearly laid out for her now where she's going to be somebody who takes vengeance, you know, takes revenge on these people. She's going to morph into a killer like the multi-faced man. I thought um, you were going to say like the Power Rangers. Yeah. No, what, no, color, no, no. what color was that what Was that guy's eyes? Anybody notice? Didn't notice. Going back didn't to notice. what Melisandre said. Anyway, 
I just wanted to say that That's I do a good not point. <laughs> I do not cheer for loss of innocence though. That's the one thing about Arya killing this guy. Mm. Yes, it was a great scene. Brilliant that the hound was just like, next time you do that, just tell me. I love that. You know? Um but I, I don't cheer for innocence loss. It's just not She's killed do, someone so. before. <laughs> she has. And She's used to no, it. I just mean that this was clearly premeditated. I, I don't know. Well premeditated in a way. I mean they they rode by, they heard the bad things, and she was like, you know what? I just over the past few years, I've seen a lot of things go to shit. Fuck you guys. I yeah. got the hound with me. So she took care of him. Well, lucky he backed her up. Well, why wouldn't he back her no, up? No, the, he, the hound, he yeah. And he sat down and had some chicken or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden, she's a harbinger of death. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's a new, it's new, it's a new light for me and her. You say she killed somebody before. I don't particularly remember the that. The kid in uh, King's Landing. Yeah, that, um, that was kind of unintentional, but yeah. Uh yeah, so but now it's just like I for me this was a moment for her and I, I think that she's got her path clearly laid out. Um she's got that coin still and she's looking to redeem it. And you know what? Can I just bless the director who shot the scene of her picking up the coin that she had just thrown down because we could have used some of that with Sam and Bless the him. dagger a couple episodes, Bless. I guess. But Blessings upon you, director. <laughs> apparently Sam has just so many daggers and so many arrowheads. And he's hoarding them all. I'm pretty sure we told you this. Yeah. That he just didn't need to pick that one up, but he still didn't pick that one. I'm still going at, like, there are billions upon millions of White Walkers. There are so many White Walkers. He still could have used that dragon glass. Sam is wise. Okay. I'm done with it. I just had to say it. I'm glad that there's more. Can I just, I'm glad that there's more. But he's going to pick it up. All right. And in fear of, of losing some of our dedicated listeners, I want to talk about uh, Jon Snow getting shot with okay. an arrow. God. And being completely impervious to that. We no, do not, not have uh, That was a Boromir moment right there. Yes. We don't have talking points. Uh, it was a Boromir, Boromir moment. See, sh- excuse me. It was a Boromir moment. And you see, we didn't even plan that joke. She just said that off top of her head. That's how we do it. Um, I just had the biggest um, desire to talk about how... Igrit shot John not once, not twice, but I believe it was thrice when the shot ended. Yes. Uh, with an arrow, with a volley of arrows. They weren't on fire, though, thank God. Dude, she didn't have time. Did she, do you them? think she was aiming to kill? She's no. good. We've learned that. Yeah, yeah. she could have shot that, through his head if she wanted that to. deer from how far away, she could have killed him if she wanted to. Yeah. Uh, it was still, uh, you could tell she still wanted to do him a lot of harm. <laughs> it's well, like, I mean, she shot it at him. That's the number one indicator. <laughs> yeah. She shot him not once, but three times. Like, if a he lady. had fallen over dead. Yeah. yeah. I, he I, I had think... it coming. <laughs> I'm no just way. kidding. I'm no kind way. of kidding. Just, she's, um, she's intense. How could no. you be kind of kidding? I, no way does he have this coming. <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't have this coming. But, like, just because, you know, last week we were saying how, um, she, he kind of just left her behind, and I was thinking with 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 Ygritte's kind of sense of um, justice in her head, he had it coming. But yeah, she's a, she's overreacts like a crazy person. Well, Ygritte, I'm glad that you didn't do the kill shot on John because yeah. I'm sure he has a little bit of story left, and you know, there's plenty of theories that Selena and the rest of us, mo- mostly Selena, have regarding John, and so it'd be good to keep. What him do you alive mean theories? <laughs> <laughs> what is the speech? She's theories. It's fact. Okay. Well, I'm happy that uh, John and uh, Ygritte are kind of split up because uh, every time she says, you know nothing, Jon Snow, it always feels forced. This whole season, it's felt forced. And there was one last one tonight. I hope that's the last of them. And he's like, nope, I do. I do know stuff. 
He's like, yeah. you know what? I do know stuff, Grit. <laughs> <laughs> I know lots. Okay. I know how to ride away on a horse and get away from you. <laughs> but somehow she was able to catch up with him without a horse. She's well, amazing. He was camping or some shit. He was just like, he stopped whatever he was doing. You know what? I was happy about finally, after over a hundred some odd episodes, we can finally, we can finally say put it. the reek jokes say to it. bed. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Because now uh, Eric knows what it means. If he didn't I immediately already. was like, I wanted to text you guys. I want to text you and Micah specifically so bad. I remember now, I could just think back to old conversations. You're like, that Theon guy reeks, huh? I'm like, yeah, he smells. Anyway, let's talk about the show. <laughs> Here it is. Yes. Well, the, um, I will just say that the boy has been unmasked and I could not be happier. Um, the Boltons. <laughs> what do you mean you can't be happier? I, I could, well, I could be. Eric, I guess okay. I could be very happier. But the boy's been unmasked. We know who he is. We know where he is. Um, and we know whose kitty is. Uh, except I guess sometimes he goes by Snow instead of Bolton. But uh, oh, he's a, he's a bastard. Yeah, yeah, I got that. But then uh, that's not the way Roos talked about him. <laughs> Roos was raving about him. He has his own ways of dealing with things. My boy. Um. You know, whatever, to Walder Frey. That was a great scene by them. But uh, no, no, I think the Boltons are the, like the new Lannisters for me, the new bad guys to watch out for. The Lannisters I'm now fully behind, I think, um, in the Game of Thrones. Pretty and, solid uh, the Boltons, right now. I'm, I'm now. I'm now in the South against the North. Look at that. You know, it's funny how this show turns you around. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. They're in alliance with them. But it's true. It's a good point. Well, I, okay, a lot. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. Aren't they friends? So I shouldn't. <laughs> well, I still like... want. I still want all the bad things to happen to the Boltons more before they happen to the Lannisters, and I want Reek or Theon to be freed still. But uh, you know, Yara's got that. Let's just say that she's going to march on the Dreadfort. She's going to take fifty of her best sailors, they, who apparently also know something about fighting on land, and they're going to do it. Yara has given so. Reek a suck. Reek is free. I'm sorry. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so. Was it a little bit too much, the whole sausage thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sausage fest. <laughs> Was that really necessary? No. I mean, we got confirmation of what we thought happened last, or it wasn't even the last episode. It's probably like three or four episodes ago at this point. Wow, I, I didn't, I didn't need that. Uh, phantom limb syndrome. The talk about that it was like, wow, that's a twenty twenty century medical term um, thrown into this fifteenth uh, century England thing. But um, <laughs> you know, French. it was a little, little, un- little unnecessary. But uh, whatever. You know, that that the boy, I'm just, I'm over it at this point. But uh, it was fairly tame, so I'm thanking the gods right now. I kind of mm. liked it. I, I mean, I didn't like it, but I thought it was, I, when I watched it, first of all, now you guys are saying it, I can see what you mean. It was maybe a little bit too on the nose, if you will. But I thought it, <laughs> I thought it worked visually. I thought it was, Um, it just made it even more cringeworthy, I think. I mean, it was it was fine. It was a sausage joke. I mean, it was better than the other, which would be to see some kind of like fake penis. So I think sausage was a funny thing, yeah. I guess. And you kind of <laughs> had that thing. Is 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 he eating it? Is he? Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought so for a second there. I was like, so that's what it looks like cooked. Got it. <laughs> oh, God. Mysteries averted. You ever wanted to satisfy that curiosity? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone wor- wonders what shit looks like. Well. Not shit, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I know I'm just saying, saying, hey, the show broke that wall for us, but they didn't. It was just actually 
cooking uh, meats, yeah. pork sausage. Speaking of which, I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad that we didn't get to see what was in the box. Oh, That's God. what I mean. Yeah, I was say Theon's member had its own plot line in this in this in this episode. <laughs> the it journey. Like, was shipped. It was shipped from the Dreadfort to to uh, the Iron Islands. It's kind of like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but without the pants. Put it on. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this episode was good though, and 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 I. I when the last scene happened, uh, I kind of looked around and I was like, "Is that it?" Um, but now that we sit here and talk about everything, I mean, it was it was great. It was full of a lot of really good stuff. I never ever once imagined walking away from it thinking that it wasn't the most amazing thing ever. So being a little let down sucks a little bit. I am curious to know what everyone else thinks, though. Mm-hmm. Well, how about how about Bran? We didn't really talk about that, but the fact that he's sort of going off now i mean we kind of the the fact that sam was like oh so you think that you're the person to stop the white walkers i don't know if it was just me but i didn't really that seems like a pretty bold thing to say like yeah i'm gonna go stop them like what I, i like to think i enjoyed this episode quite a bit that is the one thing i didn't like is brand's like i have to go north i just have to Direct quote from the episode. Direct quote from the episode. It is not clear to me at this point what the hell Bran is thinking or doing or wanting to do or expecting to do when he gets north of the wall. I'm glad at least he has the dragon glass. Now he has the tools to, to cause some kind of a ruckus. Mm-hmm. But what exactly is he supposed to do? Did, do the, um, reads, did they tell him what he's supposed to do? Because they've, it feels like they've talked about it on the show, but it also feels like they haven't talked about it at all on the show. Like nothing of substance was ever said about why Bran must go north of the wall. So I don't understand his motivations. Hold on. That's the point of the show. It's just what he must do. Yeah. I, that's think, the point. I just You're- have to. I just have to. It's like, this is stupid. Why is he going up there? It doesn't make any – so he's some powers. How are those powers going to help him, uh, you know, north of the wall? It just – it doesn't make sense. He should hone his power. He should get a master and be in like a dojo and become a warrior of like light for like another five years before he Maybe does he anything will. brash. I don't know. He just has to hone his powers a little bit more I think. Um, and Mr. Uh, Mr. Hodor with his beautiful echo, um, mm. best Hodor ever, definitely my vote, um, is going to carry him. You know, north of the wall on this uh, mission. I like when Sam went up and said, "Oh, that must be Hodor." I've heard all about you. Hodor likes to be recognized. <laughs> the the blushy the blushy Hodor. I, I, I texted know. that to Christian. I was like, "Hey, hey, cool blushy Hodor," and he said he said that those were the actual directions. Blushy. Oh my God. He was like, "Yeah." So he's he's. I like that though. They were like, "All right, Hodor, for this scene, we're gonna need you to be just like you love that someone mentioned you." So here you are. <laughs> I love that, that Sam cool had see. heard about him and like enough to remember him when he saw him. Yeah. Like, how famous yeah. is Hodor? I think everything Jon Snow ever told Sam is like holy writ to Sam, which is good. It's endearing. It's beautiful. Um, he just knew the stories. Like, you're the brother who fell off the wall, you know, or the tower or whatever. But I, I thought it was great. Um, the scenes with Sam and even Amon. We talked about Amon for a little bit. Um, but I thought that scene was really strong where he decides to let Gilly stay, I guess. And now there are girls on the wall, people. Yes. There's oh, there just one, Being but pr- baby progressive. Sam. There's one, yes. We gotta start um, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Gilly's a good spot. Gilly's a nice nice spot. She can cook and clean. She can cook and clean. Good. And she's volunteering good. to do that for them, which is great. They obviously need that. But I guess another plot line that I, I'm a little shook up about is the 
fact that some of the crows were north of the wall. Now are they all south of it again? Who were the people that killed Mormont? How is Eamon in charge? These are the questions that I have. Yeah, well, well, whoever, whatever they're doing, man, um, what's his face? Eamon clearly feels like they need the support of the Westeros kings now. You know, if that letter to uh, Stannis was anything to go by. <laughs> I hope your penmanship is better than your swordplay, says the blind man to the fat crow. <laughs> yes. But it's interesting. I wonder what uh, Stannis is uh, gonna gonna do with that because he's so busy with his red woman and his revenge and trying to kill it Gendry with a jerk. He's going to at least take interest in what's going on up at the wall. I hope or that they the take wall. this seriously, right? Wouldn't that be so cool if everyone in the next season was just like, "Oh shit, the White Walkers are coming"? <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah, I just love to see the walls broken down. So, for Ravens to get sent out at all, not to mention all of them, and for someone to actually read about it with us having to wait, that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I find it interesting that Stannis is really the first of these kings to take it seriously. You go back. Was it season one when um, was it? They sent somebody. It was Eliza Thorne down to King's Landing, mm-hmm. and to basically say, "Hey, we need people up here because these dead guys are coming back to life." And they completely ignored him and sent him away. So now you have a king who is finally showing a level of interest. And yet it's the king who has this red priestess, this magical person tied to him that is now potentially taking interest in what's going on beyond the wall, which also has this magical tie to it. I'm glad that she supported the idea of them talking about it and making it a focus because if she wouldn't have, it would have just been overlooked. But it was cool to have at least confirmation that one major player, if you could still call him that, Mm. is thinking about the North and is thinking about what's to come. Yeah. No, Melisandre's actions really kind of, what's the word, put a chill in my spine because apparently the red uh, religion acknowledges the White Walkers as a threat to mankind. You know, they're, they're clearly not... Soldiers of the Red God, if you want to say that. So, uh, clearly, because fire kills them. Maybe they're mortal enemies. I don't know. You know, I just don't know enough backstory. But the fact that Davos was able to cleverly play that letter as his trump card to get out of jail and get out of, get out of being killed for what he did to Gendry, um, was to me not something he could have predicted would turn out okay, but he thought he'd give it a shot. And it turned out okay. Clearly now Melisandre, even Melisandre's like, yeah, the Red God has stuff for you to do. What was the point, though, of hmm. taking Gendry captive in the first place? Though Was it just to set up that scene with Davos where he was sentenced to death and then five seconds later he's pardoned? Just you mean to taking- give Gendry a storyline, I think, as yeah. well, to tie him in because of the way that he's sort of – the the way that his book's uh, storyline develops. I think it the, the fact that they could use Gendry to tie – Melisandre and Stannis's story in with uh, what was his name? That dude that didn't die. <laughs> um, the other red priest and that guy that he kept resurrecting. Thoros. And yeah, 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 and 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 Arya and all of that, and use Gendry to make those connections. I think that worked really well. I wonder if yeah. Gendry's gonna appear in season four. If he learns how to row a boat, out there. Oh my god. It, it, it was a really nice mechanic how they kind of spun all that together. None of it was really canon, but yet it led us out in the right direction with yeah. the only loose end really being 
Yeah, what the hell is going to happen to Gendry? Yeah. I don't know. Is he going to make it? Or Maybe he'll go Piranha's hang out with Daenerys now. Did they ever that would be the best. <laughs> did they ever say in the show like what exactly Melisandre was hoping to accomplish by sacrificing him? Or was it just Gives like... more power, I think. That's what okay. they said. To give him more power to birth more shadow babies? Yeah. Well, no, it was because of the the blood. that They took Rob's death as a sign, like, hey, look, it worked. And Davos is like, that's a pretty cool trick, but people die a lot. And they're like, well, we're going to have to use everything of him just to make sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was weird because that little drop of his blood caused, they, they felt, you know, caused Rob to die. So why don't we throw all of Gendry in the fire and then all of our enemies will just die by coincidence. But... <laughs> You know, I, I I don't know. I think that was where they were going. And it's important because Stannis is clearly not a man of honor. You know, he is not ashamed or afraid. His decision was to kill Gendry, his nephew. Um, when all was said and done, he was going to do it. And so it just shows that he is he is far removed from Ned, from Ned Stark, even he though I would, have, I would have compared the two. And Davos made a great point. Davos made a great case for his own survival. Um, which was really shocking that, that he, he's going to go around now and spread the word about how cool Stannis is to everybody again and get them to rally against the North. Honestly, I think that Davos is more like Ned Stark than Stannis is. Yes. Mm -hmm. But also the way yeah. that he will just follow Stannis, keep following Stannis, keep being loyal to Stannis no matter what. Well, we got a new Ned, everybody. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that he didn't jump in the boat with Gendry, though. Because I didn't see what was coming, but I was like, dude, you're so stupid. Like, if you're going to free Gendry, you already almost got killed once no, and you were in jail for a long period of time. No, he has too much honor for that. See, it's just like Ned. Ned would never run away like that either. I'm just saying, if you think that there's any chance that you're going to survive, you are dim. And he clearly, he survived, so maybe that's me proven wrong, but he should have really at least... Maybe jumped in for Gendry's own sake, because that, that boy mm -hmm. can't swim. Like, what if there's... I died. It was... uh. It was important because there was that the moment when he was talking to Gendry and he says that his son died following him. And so I thought that it was important that he sent Gendry off because I, I think that he saw he saw part of himself in Gendry. They have that whole conversation about Flea Bottom, but I also think he saw a chance for, you know, somebody who was also very much like his son to to continue to live and he wanted to give Gendry the opportunity to live where he failed his own son and he wasn't going to stand by and watch that happen again because Melisandre killed his son the first time around one could argue um no maybe not i mean she was definitely toying around with his mind that that that's for certain um before he died at blackwater so i just thought it was one of those things that he didn't want Gendry to suffer the same fate um, as his son did. Mm. There was many great moments like that within this entire episode. I'm thinking specifically of um, Tyrion and Tywin, and I think again of Stannis's long speech. And I feel like we got to get so much more perspective from him, especially in a season where I thought he was kind of unofficially being written off after his activity had sloped so much after what we saw in season two. But clearly now, moving forward, you know, someone who I always kind of considered just supporting cast, not the person, but in, in the story, just Stannis isn't necessarily going to change the future of how anything happens. He got turned over at Blackwater. I thought that might have been it. But, you know, if if he's got Davos out doing these things and if they put him 
in the show at this or in this finale being the first one to get this letter and to kind of halfway take it seriously, it makes me believe that we're going to have a lot more Stannis. And so I don't know. That's just that's just how I see it. You just so, sent the most powerful man in Westeros to bed without his supper. Well done, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Selena has clearly pulled her own out of out of an air that is not even thin, but full of owns. Is that your own? That is absolutely my own. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, that or Misa, Misa, but it was a close call. Oh, but. God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to give mine. Mine's a twofer, if I can do that, but they're both the Davos. Um, when he's sentenced to death, he says to Stannis, seeing as how you haven't unnamed me Hand of the King, I'm going to have to advise you against that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But also, yes. what that he said crazy. to Gendry, uh, they both grew up in Flea Bottom. He says to him, you lived in the fancy part of town. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So that was, that was a mild. I love Davos. There was a good moment for uh for Tywin tied into uh what Selena was saying um when he was talking to Tyrion and he says you really think a crown gives you power mm. oh but i i liked uh earlier on in the episode uh when Sansa and Tyrion were talking with each other and they referred to themselves as the disgraceful daughter and the demon monkey <laughs> yeah <laughs> um my own is one from the heart this episode this is our last episode of season three and i thought that we should really um think about ours and and yours that's not exactly how i meant to introduce it but it came out of my mouth that way um i thought to bring it back to the roots and the roots are for gendry because we all love him and he is not from our homes he wins my own of this episode when he was speaking to davos and he didn't own in conventional sense, but I think this was an own a reason. He said, big words, no clothes. What would you have done? And I was in regard, <laughs> regard to Melisandre. I heard you so, laugh so hard at that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just one of those moments where, you know, a young guy's like breaking it down for this dude. He's like, dude, big words, no clothes. What would you have done? Eh, eh. Gendry, you win because you're an honest person. True. My own is going to be... Um... With uh, John and Ygritte when he tells her, I know you won't hurt me. And then she says, you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> and then and then he took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> I did. I took an arrow to the knee. It's our last episode of season three, but it does not mean that it's the last episode of Game of Owns. Quite the contrary. We're still looking forward to our epically amazing episode 117 that we have not yet named or planned or figured out why is special, but it will happen barring an apocalyptic disaster, which could happen. But tonight you watch the finale alongside with us. And we record this alongside of you tweeting us owns. That makes sense, right? Eric is really good at these because he looks at Twitter and he reads them out loud in a speedy manner. And that's why we have named this segment. Eric Skull reads the tweets for the last time of season three. Oh, look at that. I'm just making sure they're all loading on my phone because sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it gives me an option between two hours ago and two days ago to load more. It's like, yes, I want to load more. Eric Skull's rant about the tweets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Zach Strige leads off our last owns uh, by saying Hodor just owned us with that awesome Hodor. (laughs) Hodor! 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 Hodor. 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 (laughs) 
Um, Zach actually followed it up with Yara or Asha or whoever she is just owned Eric's mind. <laughs> okay. okay. I guess free Theon. John Ferrelli says that Tywin Tyrion convo at the season finale really gives credence to the Tyrion is a Targaryen theory. You think so? They're, oh, they are all Targaryen guys. That's I the secret. Don't. Every single one of them. <laughs> well, so Lauren Thompson, following up on Zach, says Hodor is owning this episode. We better see him slay some White Walkers next season. Rachel S. says she just comes at you, big words, no clothes. Yeah, that disguises yeah, me perfectly. S. Yeah, Game of Owns. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> ACP says Sam owned Game of Owns. That's us by ending Daggergate. Thank you. Thank you, Sam, for ending You know, we never call the Dagger Gate on the show, but I like that. I think that'll work. <laughs> Very creative. Monsters are... This is from Bijaya uh, Shreshsa. says, Monsters are dangerous, and just now, kings are dying like flies. <gasps> Tyrion keeps owning Joffrey. Jonathan Davidson says, He still lives. In response to, Killed a few puppies today, Tyrion owned Joffrey. Well, Dylan Manwoody, our best friend, says, My own goes to Tywin Lannister. Quote, the king is tired. Please escort him to his chambers. <laughs> the bed says my own goes to Walder Frey's howl as he makes a toast to Rob Stark. Oh, yeah. yeah I agree. Seeing terrible. David Bradley in this episode again was really refreshing. I think it's Absolutely. the best. Very refreshing. Yeah. Very um, refreshing. Miss Lane says Theon gets a new name. It's Toby. Shit, I mean Reek. It <laughs> rhymes with week like the season finale. Oh. Oh, Gauntlets. Ouch. Oh. Owned. Yeah, ouch. Giselle G says, my own goes to Arya, Valor Morghulis. Mm-hmm. Juan Whoa. Toro says, uh, Juan Toro agrees. Arya owns, killing the assassin, but her real own is to Glegane. Question, where'd you get the knife? She says, from you. <laughs> I learned it from you. <laughs> uh, Lily says, this show as a whole, owning my life. Elizabeth Ann says, I feel owned by the fact that the Brotherhood Without Banners plus one never made an appearance. That's weird. Well, uh, they could have if... Never mind. Andy says, <laughs> it won't, HBO, it won't be owned, weird eventually. HBO owned every viewer, <laughs> expecting any sort of cliffhanger. But we did meet Reek and Ramsey officially. Brian Blofstein says, Hodor's Hodor Echo owned the well, but seriously, Arya owned the Frey Bannerman. Oh, and we have to honorable mention the bed, who says, My 10,000th tweet goes to Game of Owns, my favorite podcast on the internet. My own is also Arya Stark and the Kill on the Frey Soldier. And we're finishing this episode's owns up by saying uh, what Peggy Ruiz said, Stay in the boat. Best advice ever. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> And that was Eric Skull. Read the tweets from season three. Thank, that was a good job, Eric. Hmm. Strong performance on that one. Thanks, guys. It all depends on how strong the Theons are. So I appreciate you guys sending in strong enough phones to keep me and my little segment going. The only bit, the only bit I didn't like is when he crowd surfed at the end. Probably should have cut that. <laughs> yeah, Eric, get down, Eric. <laughs> Why are they calling you Misa? No, it's Fisa. It's oh. Fisa. Faja in the, oh, okay. uh, in the language. It's Faja. Listen, no. we're on the, uh, the, the slope, uh, the downward side of season uh, three episode. Almost said season 10, episode three of, of season three episode 10 um and everyone that has been listening to the show um on a back-to-back method may know something about what we're doing on tuesday night which is recording our wednesday episode live on the interwebs in a chat room full of you guys at 7 30 est tuesday night yep 
That is the time. <laughs> That's correct. The direct link will be provided. Isn't that right, Phil? On winteriscoming.net as soon as we have that uh, information for you. That's right. It's true. Also, Twitter is a viable tool to find these things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff left to be said. We haven't even got to touch on all the scenes that we wanted to. Sansa had a long conversation with Tyrion. The list goes on. There's two more episodes this week, and then there's a whole lot of off-season. So if you're listening to the show and you like Game of Owens and you're one of those people that have been really nice in Twitter and in comment sections and in iTunes reviews, there's a lot to look forward to. And if you're not Still hang around, because I think it's going to be cool. You might like it. There were plenty of owns in this episode that were not mentioned by either us or the Twitter users that we've read so far. So please do continue to send in your owns this week. And again, gearing up for that live show on Tuesday. That's going to be a lot of fun. So if you were in the business of tweeting us, or if you wanted to get in the business of tweeting us, you can do so. We are at Game of Owns on Twitter, twitter.com slash Game of Owns. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Game of Owns, or you can email us. Contact at GameOfOwns.com. Or you can uh, <laughs> give us a nice uh, five-star review over on iTunes. We do read those on the show from time to time, and uh, perhaps we'll read some either on the live show Tuesday or maybe on Friday's episode. It seems like a Friday thing to do. Uh, it is the month of June, so nothing less than five stars is acceptable. I would hope that by this point you notice a trend. That it doesn't matter what month it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, spoilers. It's true. But if you don't rate us five stars, next episode on the live show, it's unfiltered. Zach can't control me. I will reveal what happens <laughs> <laughs> next season. Oh, that's pretty bad. I can control you? This is new. Hmm. Uh, Micah, talk like Sam. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, if you're a fan of things, I'm sure Selena has some things she could say. I absolutely can. Yes. You can also visit hypable.com, which is H-Y-P-A-B-L-E.com. And you might be thinking to yourself, why would I go there? I'm a Game of Thrones fan and a fan of nothing else in the whole wide world. Well, guess what? <laughs> Life doesn't stop for the next nine months, very sadly. And we all know that we have to get our geek fixes somehow. So I am sure that you will be able to find something on Hypable to occupy your attention. Other than, you know, rereading all the Game of Thrones books, as we'll all be doing. Also, I do have to give honorable mention, Phil. I was visiting Winter's Coming. Yes. And I think it was for the last, I don't know the exact time frame, but I know that recently I was checking. I think I was reading some comments on one of our goo posts. And the bold ass curtain call post for Richard Madden that was on the top of the page that was badass. For some oh. reason, it just it just felt like like an obituary, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was filled with hope. It was. <laughs> anyway, so there's plenty of that stuff that's being posted recently on both of those sites actually, because it is now a descending period, and we're just preparing our bodies for the off season. But I think yeah. we can do it, guys, if we stick together. <laughs> well, the nice we thing about it, it is. This leads right into casting for season four. Like, we should start getting casting news within the next few weeks. Um, so. Who are you going to play next season? <laughs> Who am I going to play? Don't spoil. Oh, man. I wish. I wish. So lots of new characters in uh, the second half of book three. Yeah. Well, not a lot, but there, there are a few, um, there are a few, um, new characters that come into play. Um, uh, one of the big fan favorites, um, that has been confirmed that will be cast is, uh, the Red Viper. Oh, yes. Very yes. cool. He's a fan. He's a big uh, fan favorite character. Cool character. So hopefully they'll get someone, uh, someone good for him. And um, there should be some other casting news coming out. So, you know, stay tuned on uh, winnerscoming.net. We'll have all the 
all the latest. I'm going to adopt a name just like that. One that sounds like it could be really cool without also being the name of an energy drink that's pre-existing. I'm going to be like Orange Viper or something. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. The dreams and expectations of those of us on the Game of Owns podcast. Catch us on Tuesday night, live at 7.30. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Orange Viper. I'm Selena Wogan. I'm Winterfill. And I'm Micah. And I'm Orange Viper. Again. You already said that. I'm Orange Viper. <laughs> All right. Wonderful job, everybody. It's over. We finished, guys. We fucking. Yeah.